Welcome to the Homestyle MMA Podcast. This is Sean Van Buren. We are connecting here after 4th of July weekend. I hope that everyone was safe and had a great time. Uh, I know that I did with my family, and it was capped off by a fantastic UFC 276 card, headlined by Israel Adesanya and Jared Cannonier. A little bit about what this podcast will be going forward. Um, I want to take a look back at the past weekend's card, kind of go through each fight, talk about how fighters did, uh, trends I'm noticing, as well as address the upcoming cards, predictions for those fights, bets that I'll be placing, and then reviewing those each week. Uh, Ideally, I'll have uh, one podcast drop earlier in the week, maybe a Tuesday or so, another one later in the week on a Thursday or Friday. Nothing too long. I'm just talking about the cards, looking at some insight, and having a good time. Hope you guys can have a good time with me. That being said, let's go ahead and take a look at that UFC 276. We kicked off the UFC 276 early prelims with Jessica Rose Clark versus Julija Stoliarenko. Uh, I believe that's about right with the name. Again, we got to hang in there while we're starting to learn some of these new fighters. Jessica Rose Clark really just fell into the trap here. I mean, uh, she'd lost her fight before by armbar. Uh, you could look at Stoliarenko's history. You know that she's an armbar specialist and you did not want to go to the ground with her. Um, and that's exactly what happened. Jessica Rose Clark got her armbar broken uh she did try to tap seemingly a little bit earlier than the fight was stopped but as we know fighters are trained to keep going until the ref jumps in there so stolia renko in my opinion didn't really do anything wrong cranking on that arm unfortunately it did snap and jessica rose clark's got to take some extra time here really looking in the mirror at this loss uh as she ponders kind of what she needs to do going forward this could be a blessing in disguise. Maybe she spends a little bit extra time uh, letting that arm heal and then kind of working on her ground game because it does seem to be a weakness for her. But in her defense, again, Stoliarenko is wanting that fight on the ground and she's very good at the arm bar. We followed up that fight with the Macy Barber over Jessica I fight. Uh, this one seemed pretty obvious to me. Uh, I bet Macy Barber beforehand. I uh, just thought Jessica I was starting to get a little bit late into her career and that was proven in this fight. Nothing... You know, no huge takeaways out of this fight as far as any miraculous thing to discuss. But Jessica I, truly a great fighter, been in the game for a long time, did hang up the gloves after this one. Um, I think she's probably making the right decision here. But Macy Barber, again, the future continues to work on growing her name. Um, I do think she needs to get some more dominant victories going forward if she wants to take those next steps. After this came with another pretty obvious fight beforehand, in my opinion, Andre Muniz versus Uriah Hall. I had Andre Muniz all day. Uriah Hall just continues to frustrate fight fans. He was supposed to be the next great fighter. Uh, And ever since the Ultimate Fighter, he's just not really put out that volume. He seems to be looking for that one big strike, and it bites him again in this fight. A pretty clear uh, 30-27 for Muniz to win. He's been on the up and up. Very hot fighter right now. Someone to continue watching going forward. And again, Uriah Hall needs to probably take some time and figure out what he needs to do to improve. And I really just think it's increase your volume. He needs to stop looking for that one strike. He needs to go out there and really take the fights to his opponents. Uh, Muniz, again, complete control and domination, 7-0 and in the UFC, counting two Dana White Contender Series wins. And Raya Hall, you know, again, we were just kind of waiting for him to throw some strikes, um, and Muniz just crushed him with volume and domination in this one.
following the early prelims, we had the UFC 276 regular prelims. I thought it kicked off with a bang with Brad Tavares versus uh, Dreykus Duplessis. Dreykus is really on the up and up right now. Brad Tavares is a good fighter. He's been around in the game for quite some time. It was a great fight, but damage was really the story of this one. Uh, Dreykus Duplessis really brought the fight to Brad Tavares, turning his hair from that whitish color to red-pink, really cutting him up. Uh, truly, I thought it was a very dominant fight for him. Uh, put a lot of output out for three rounds. He did shoot a, you know, a lot of takedowns that Tavares was able to stop or uh, Duplessis wasn't able to finish. Um, but again, mixing those in, that really opened up his striking even further. Really was head hunting. I uh, had over 79 strikes on the head and uh, 17 to the leg, 17 to the body. You know, he really worked Brad Tavares here. This was one where, you know, I'm not surprised it was a unanimous decision. It really seemed like uh, Dracus Duplacis had control of the fight the whole time and really wasn't at much of a risk to be finished. Um, following that up, we have Ian Gary versus Gabe Green. Ian Gary got the win. He's a really big welterweight, and in this fight, you know, Gabe Green's not a small guy for a welterweight, but I feel like you could really see the difference when they were in there in the cage together, and uh, Ian Gary just looked way too big for him. The fight was much closer than I expected it to be going into the fight, um, but I did have it 30-27 as well as all three judges. Gary's doing a great job. Uh, he's got right on the edge of having a lot of hype, right on the edge of, I think, being a superstar in the UFC but I think he needs to start getting a few more finishes. Um, he had a lot of finishes prior to coming into the UFC, and I think he needs to kind of get back on that train to continue to gain popularity, continue to gain fans. But hey, 10-0 is a great record. He's still winning very dominantly, um, so great job to Ian Gary. Next fight really struck home with me. It's one that I was very interested in. Um, I thought it was an excellent prelim fight uh, with Jim Miller versus Cowboy Donald Cerrone. Since I've been in the sport for a few years now, I have not seen much of Cerrone, but obviously I've looked at all his old past fights. I know he's an absolute legend. Uh, Jim Miller is a legend in and of himself. He doesn't quite get credit uh, for his body of work as compared to Donald Cerrone, and that's okay. Uh, but Jim was able to go out there, really sink in a great guillotine choke. I did think that uh, Cerrone was looking better than he has in some of his past fights. But to me, this was another one where Jim Miller seemed like the obvious choice to win just because, you know, Donald hasn't quite been himself for the last few fights and uh, a legend retires again here as Donald Cerrone hangs up the gloves. He's going to have a great career in acting. He's already done multiple movies. His last win was against Ally Quintabac in May 2019, but Jim Miller really had that speed advantage. And he's actually had a, a pretty good resurgence, I feel like, it late in his career here. Uh, staying relevant, having some good fights, and uh, you know, excellent job by Jim Miller. That prelim fight was then followed by Jalen Turner over Brad Riddell. And Jalen Turner watched that Jim Miller fight and said, Hey, Jim, uh, let me give that a shot as well. Also getting the guillotine finish. Very fast night for Jalen Turner. Uh, took almost no damage. Was able to get out of there, you know, collect his nice show and win paycheck. And uh, could easily turn around and fight again soon if he'd like. He's on a five-win streak all by finishes. You know, he caught that, that guillotine quick. 
Uh, it was nice and easy for him. I do think Brad Rydell is certainly better than his performance showed. He got caught with something early here, but I do think he is a good fighter. Um, so I think this win will age well as Brad continues to fight and get some wins down the road. But I also think this just highlights the superstar potential of Jalen Turner. The guy's an on-fire fighter right now, certainly someone to keep an eye on going forward. UFC 276 main card really could not have had a more disappointing start to the fight, to the night. We had Pedro Munoz versus Sean O'Malley. Uh, this was a fight that I think a lot of people were really looking forward to. It was the first real test for Sean O'Malley. Uh, Pedro is a great fighter. Been again, one of those fighters has been kind of doing this for a long time. His losses have come against excellent competition. And the fight itself, while it lasted, I thought was very competitive. Um, they actually, by the end of the fight, had a similar strike count. Pedro with the leg kicks, Sean O'Malley piecing them up with the hands like he tends to do against his opponents. Um, obviously, this one was stopped as a no contest due to the eye poke. It came out that Pedro did suffer a corneal abrasion to that eye. I'm actually wondering, when I watched that fight, I actually wondered if the initial injury occurred on a punch. Um, because the actual eye poke itself really seemed pretty light. It didn't seem like it should cause that much damage. So I did wonder a little bit if maybe he got caught with maybe a right hand or a jab on that eye earlier in the fight that caused him that pain. And then uh, he's kind of not saw a way out, but I thought that maybe the fight wasn't going his way. Another eye poke. He was getting frustrated. He had the groin kicks. I believe that was the second eye poke of the fight. So again, it was one where fight fans, I think, were really excited to see what Sean O'Malley had in the tank. I do think Sean performed well. I think he did more damage. Uh, Pedro threw a ton of kicks, um, but I thought Sean did a good job when I was watching it live, checking some of those kicks. They didn't seem to be slowing him down that much, um, and I did feel that he was landing the the higher damage. So I had Sean O'Malley hopefully winning that fight. I don't know if he could have finished Pedro. My bet prior to the fight was that he would get a knockout. Uh, but you know, Pedro's never been knocked out before. And again, it's a fight where I don't even know if, if we want to see it ran back. Good fight. It's just weird. It was a good fight, but it's really just kind of a, it was a stain on the main card with how the ending happened. I think, like I said, Sean O'Malley performed well. Uh, Pedro was working the leg kicks well, but just a really disappointing end to that fight. And I think that it left kind of a bad taste in our mouths. So I'm just not sure if it's going to happen again. Following that fight up was the Brian Barberina versus Robbie Lawler fight. This, I thought, was one of the better fights on the card, which is funny since uh, they were two of the older fighters on the main card, but they really did bring it. In my opinion, it was volume versus impact and power. Uh, Brian Barberina was just constantly throwing those jabs, constantly throwing his hands, um, really trying to wear Robbie Lawler down with his pressure. You know, Robbie is 1-5 in his last six, but that one win coming against Nick Diaz after a long layoff, he did look good in that fight, but I think Barberina was hoping that he could kind of wear him down. It was a great fight. Barberina threw a ton of volume. I actually gave Barberina the first round. Um, I think the majority of people actually gave that first round to Robbie, but it was close. But again, Brian's volume was on fire. 
Um, they were both slowing down maybe just a little bit. Uh, but again, I thought it was a great fight. I think they did a great job. And, you know, Brian Barbarita did a great job getting that win over uh, a legend in Robbie Lawler. You do have to wonder a little bit, where do we go from here with Robbie Lawler? Uh, again, a lot of losses lately, but he is putting on good fights still. So I hope the UFC keeps him around and uh, finds him another good opponent. And I kind of like this role for Robbie where maybe he continues to fight some of these older fighters. I actually thought that if Cowboy didn't retire, him against Robbie could have been a nice little fight to have. But again, I'm just not sure how much Robbie has left in the tank. The guy is a beast. He's an all-out brawler. But, you know, he's been through so many wars that I'm just uh, not sure where we kind of go from here with another loss on his record. After that fantastic fight, we came up to, I think, a lot of people were just excited to see Alex Pereira uh, step into the octagon again. The guy is very clearly a kickboxing beast. He has incredible power for a middleweight, and he got the win over Sean Strickland fairly easily in the first round. I have to say, I was very surprised. I did take Strickland in this fight. I, I put some money on him. I thought he was going to try to wrestle at least a little bit, but I have to say, he looked scared in there. Right from the start of that fight, he looked in his eyes to me like he did not want to be in there anymore. He really didn't throw the volume that we're used to seeing. And I think that has to be because he felt some of that power from Alex Pereira right out of the gate. And he thought I'm in over my head. Uh, or maybe he had an off night, bad cut, you know, who knows? None of that's really come out, but it is tough when you have a fighter that talks that much talk and he goes in there and he looks a little bit scared against a guy who's not even 10 fights into his pro MMA journey. But that's not to say Alex Pereira is not fantastic. The guy hits so incredibly hard. I know the UFC wants to probably make that fight with Israel Adesanya. And while I would love to see that, and I think it would be great, I just have a hard time giving Alex that shot already. Like I said, he just hasn't fought that much in MMA. He hasn't fought that much excellent competition. Uh, Kamzat Chmaev did come out with a call-out. I think that would be a fantastic fight. Those are two guys with incredible star power potential. I'm just not sure if the UFC wants one of them to lose. Uh, so I don't know if that fight will happen. That would be phenomenal. I do also think that you know, Darren Till and Jack Hermanson are fighting soon. I think you could put Alex in there against the winner of that fight. I think that would be a tremendous test for him where... Those are two guys where if they want to, they can wrestle. And I think that would be a really good MMA test for Alex Pereira. You know, Sean Strickland was the perfect opponent for Alex because he is not known for the wrestling. He wants to go out there and strike. I think Till and Hermanson are a little bit more well-rounded and they would maybe use more of their MMA game. Um, but Alex Pereira just is a huge middleweight in there. And I'm not even sure if Darren Taylor Hermanson could even get that win over Alex Pereira right now. I just have a hard time sending Pereira all the way up to the middleweight championship fight against Israel Adesanya. Izzy does need some new blood. So, I mean, I, I get it if the UFC does it. I'm just not, I, I'm having a hard time with it. Will I love the fight? Yes. Would I also love if they give him one more against another 
you know, top five guy, yes as well. So we'll see what they do with Alex Pereira. I'm sure they might go for that big money fight. Izzy's going to get a say in what happens as well. And I know he wants his revenge against Alex Pereira. So it may be coming. We'll just have to wait and see what happens with him. But he went out there and absolutely dominated Sean Strickland on the feet. And again, it's it's not that surprising. The guy is an incredible kickboxer. I would just love to get him in there with a more well-rounded MMA fighter. But same side of the coin is, is he's a stand-up fighter too for the most part. So, you know, maybe it doesn't matter. You know, you're going to put him in there against Izzy. They're going to sit there and throw hands and feet as well. So we'll have to see what happens with Alex Pereira. Certainly an extremely exciting name in the sport of MMA today. And then that fight was followed up with our first championship fight of the night, Alex Volkanovsky, who got the victory over Max Holloway in dominant fashion, winning all five rounds, absolutely ends the trilogy on a high note. I have always been a pretty big fan of Alex Volkanovsky. I think the guy's an absolute game fighter. For whatever reason, American fans don't love him that much, or... I think it's actually just that there's so much love for Max, um, and Max has earned that love. Don't get me wrong. He's a phenomenal fighter, a legend in his own right, uh, and I think they just didn't want to see him lose. But Alex absolutely brought the pain. He split that eyebrow open on Max Holloway early, and that certainly impacted the fight, had to have impacted his vision. Volkanovski, I think, was a very underrated champion prior to this win over Max. I think he starts to get some of that respect. It seems like he'll probably get the winner of Ortega versus Rod- Yair Rodriguez that's coming up. But I really do think Volkanovski has just separated himself in this division. I think Max was the only guy that could beat him. And he beat, you know, whether you agree or not, he's got three wins over Max now. So we'll have to see how much of an improvement Ortega or or Yair Rodriguez has been able to work out in their game. But I'm just not sure anyone's stopping Volk right now. And uh, I think if he goes up to lightweight, which he's talking about maybe doing, I don't know if he could beat Charles. But if someone finds a way to unseat Charles Oliveira, I could see Volk competing with some of the other guys at the top, like uh, Volk versus a Dustin Poirier or a Gaethje. I think those could be really exciting fights. I just think that Volkanovski, he almost got stopped by Ortega in their fight with a submission. I think if you put him in there with the current lightweight champion Oliveira, he's getting tapped out or more likely put to sleep because we all know that that guy is a fighter. He will not tap. He will fight till the end. You're going to have to put him out in order to get that finish. Um, But I think Alex is a tremendous fighter. Alex the Great defends that belt. I think he's an absolute beast. And I, you know, I hope he gets a little bit more respect after this one. All respect in the world to Max Holloway. Obviously an incredible fighter, but this one was all Volkanovski. Last fight of the night, I think, left a lot of people disappointed as well. I heard some some boos with our middleweight title fight between Israel Adesanya versus Jared Cannonier. Here's the deal, guys. Izzy dominated this fight. Um, I know people weren't thrilled with his performance in his post-conference. You know, he spoke as well about how he didn't quite feel himself out there. He didn't love his performance. But guys, he had an off night and beat the, one of the top contenders right now with Jared Cannonier. It takes two to tango as far as creating an amazing fight. And, uh, you know, Jared did a good job, but I think Izzy just never really felt in danger in there with Jared. 
you know, Izzy won all five rounds, uh, or actually, I believe I, I, I'm checking right now, I did give Jared the third round, which I think a lot of people agreed with as well. But that means going into the fourth, I think everyone in the arena knew that Israel Adesanya was up 2-1, and uh, he only had to win one more round. I just didn't see the urgency with Jared Cannonier. He hit a point where his coaches even mentioned heading into the fifth, they said, you have to get a finish. And I just didn't see the urgency in the fifth. It was, I think it was still a great fight. I just think it speaks more to Izzy's dominance, where he's able to have an off night where fans wanted more of him. And he was still able to very easily get the victory and defend his belt. I think Izzy's a phenomenal champion. He hasn't been getting a ton of finishes lately, which I think people are getting upset with. I do think there is a little bit of, if you looked at Izzy prior to him becoming the champion, he was hungry. He was showboating in there. Uh, even with his first few fights as champion, I think he was fighting for the bag. And now that he gets the bag, he gets a ton of money for all his fights. I do think that sometimes now he's fighting not to lose. He's willing to sit on the outside and piece you up. He's an outstanding counterfighter, maybe one of the best the UFC has. But in order to have that counterpunching, counterkicking power... You need the other guy to come at you. Uh, Jared's team had a great game plan. They were very cautious with their approach, willing to fight from the outside and basically try to point fight each other. Izzy's best work, I think, is done when he's got someone coming at him. He's able to slip and throw his power from that point and really load up. He's willing to sit on the outside, not take a lot of damage. I mean, by the end of that fight, Izzy looked like he hadn't you know, gone through a practice. He didn't have that much damage on him. He looks like he could defend his belt again next month. I mean, the guy's an outstanding fighter. He's got incredible defense. And uh, I just think Jared, you know, he had a good game plan, but towards the end of that fight, you have to bring it. You know, if you want to be the champ and you are losing, you have to be willing to go give it all you got. I think you saw it with Max Holloway. Max knew he was losing that fight. He never gave up. Volk was just that good that night, but Max continued to want to go get that belt. With a cut as bad as Max had, he could have bowed out. He could have said, I can't see. He wanted to keep fighting. He wanted to keep going. I just think that there's levels to this game, and Jared Cannonier was not on the level of Israel Adesanya today. I think if they fight 10 times, Izzy wins nine. Um, I know Izzy was a big favorite heading into this fight. I took him by knockout because I thought he'd want to make a statement and kind of get that knockout early. Um, and I didn't see that from him either. He was willing to fight on the outside. I expected a little bit more from him there, but again, just a dominant win for Israel Adesanya. And I, again, we're looking at the middleweights and wondering who is going to take the crown. Could it be Alex Pereira? Possibly. He's got the power to do it, but you know, Robert Whitaker really is its is the second best fighter besides Izzy in that middleweight division. And we need someone to separate. We need someone to show that they've improved more than anything. And we're just not getting that yet. So um, I thought it was a great card. I thought all the fights um, up and down the board were all fantastic. Didn't quite give the fans what they wanted. The main card did start off with a bummer with the no contest. There weren't any finishes in the two championship fights. You know, the Boo Birds were out to complain. But I I thought it was great fighting, and it was just a situation where we got two champions in the featherweight and the middleweight division that are just levels above their competition right now, and that doesn't always lead to the most exciting fights when those two guys aren't finishing their opponents. They're willing to 
take those points, get it to the scorecard, collect that paycheck. I mean, both guys didn't take a ton of damage. You know, dominant wins for each guy. It'll be interesting to see what they both do. I don't want to see Izzy go up to light heavyweight, but it's one of those things where we're kind of looking around like, well, what what do we do? What do we do with him? What do we do with Volk? Um, that's for the UFC to find out, and we'll have to take it from there. When we review each fight card, we're going to take a little bit of time and give out some awards for the Homestyle MMA podcast. We'll do a early prelims performance of the night, prelims performance of the night, and main card performance of the night. Our Smooth Buttery Biscuits early prelims performance of the night is going to Andre Muniz. Special consideration to Stolaryanko, obviously, for that fantastic finish. Uh, just Andre really had a fantastic fight. Our Mac and Cheese prelims performance of the night is going to Drykus Duplacis. Uh, special performance that he put on against an excellent fighter and our chicken and dumplings main card performance of the night is going to Alex Pereira. He has stamped his name into contention here in the middleweight division and put the middleweight division on notice with that incredible knockout performance. The next episode we'll be previewing UFC fight night Dos Anjos versus Fazayev. This fight is finally coming back around. Um, I feel like we were supposed to have it forever ago at this point, but I do still think it's a great fight. We'll go through picks. I'll go through my bets and we'll follow up next week going over that card again, taking a look into the future. Thank you guys for tuning into episode one. I hope you enjoyed it and have a great rest of your week till next time. This was the Homestyle MMA podcast. <laughs>